welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. I am currently deep into Fires of Heaven by ye old Robert Jordan. Um, it is really good. I'm having a really good time. I am... 600 pages in? I'm like 70% of the way through. <laughs> anyway, I'll get it done soon. It's shaping up, actually, to be one of the quicker ones that I have read, which is spectacular. I don't know what's happened in my brain, but hey, I'll take it. Let's get started. This time, we are talking about The Adventures of Amina Ansarafi by Shannon Shakarborty. Here is the summary. Amina Ansarafi has survived backstabbing rogues, vengeful merchant princes, several husbands, and one actual demon to retire peacefully with her family to a life of piety, motherhood, and absolutely nothing that hints of the supernatural. But when she's offered a job no bandit can ref could refuse, she jumps at the chance for one final adventure with her old crew that will make her a legend and offers a fortune that will secure her and her family's future forever. Yet the deeper Amina dives, the higher the stakes. For there's always risk in wanting to become a legend, to seize one last chance at glory to save her just a bit more power. And the price might be your very soul. The Adventures of Amina Ansarafi was published in 2023. It is the first book in a planned trilogy. Our author, Shannon Chakraborty, is from New Jersey. She published the Devabad trilogy under the name S.A. Chakraborty. One thing that comes up fairly frequently in her interviews is that she is a convert to Islam. Her faith informs a lot of her writing, which is very easy to see in this book. Also, apparently there's something late in this book which confirms that it's set in the same world as her Devabad trilogy just a few centuries earlier, but as I haven't read her other trilogy, I obviously didn't catch it, and obviously you don't have to be familiar with the Devabad trilogy to read this book. This is one of the last books I got from that Book of the Month Club that I've been eyeing again. It was certainly the last one I had unread on my shelf. I got it in March and read it in December, which is a pretty good turnaround for me, uh, considering I've had some books waiting on the shelf for f a few years. Why did I start this podcast again? I suddenly can't remember. Um... So I canceled the Book of the Month subscription, but now that I've finally finished all the ones I had on my shelf, I've been thinking about starting it up again. There were at least three of those books that I really liked. Hmm. Things to consider. So I... <laughs> I made the unfortunate mistake of going into this book, expecting it to be a standalone. That's on me. I just... I just can't read. It's written basically everywhere that it's the first book in a trilogy. But I only found out when I was like a hundred pages in and I was looking up something about the author. 
I still enjoyed this book, to be clear. I just maybe would have been a little more patient with it if I had started out knowing that it was going to be the first book in a trilogy. (sighs) I don't often read new series. I'd much rather read something that's already entirely out or that has a few books out already. But the double-edged sword of this is that if you want more books in a series, you have to support the author as their books are coming out so that the publisher will pay for the other books. Otherwise, you end up with a situation like Planetfall, where I guess I'll just never know what messed up stuff Newman wanted to do to those people next. Not that I'm bitter about it. And I just also want to say that I am not worried about Chakraborty finishing this trilogy. I don't know your familiarity with, like, book circles on the internet, but I feel like it's a common joke nowadays to talk about the forever unfinished series by people like George R. R. Martin or Patrick Rothfuss and probably a few other people. So every time I start a series, I mentally rate it on, like, a likelihood of finishing scale if it's unfinished. Shakraborty has already published a trilogy and, like, clearly has a plan for this one. So I feel like the possibility of her finishing it is high. Now, for the book itself, okay, don't get me wrong. It's good. It just took too long, which is maybe the funniest thing I could say about this as I'm reading book five of The Wheel of Time. But there's a difference, okay? I don't know what it is. Newer fantasy books like this that are over 400 pages, nearly 500 pages, every time I read them, I'm like, you could have said all of this in under 400 pages. Why is it fine for Robert Jordan? I mean, okay, I I am taking like six months to a year in between reading those books. The the point is that this was a long book. I'm also going to probably point to the fact that I started it thinking it was a standalone. And you just have a different expectation. But since Chakraborty is setting up a whole trilogy, then the pacing and the unresolved plot lines make sense and are in fact good because she needs to set up what she's doing next. It's good that she did that. Am I helping or am I making this worse? It's been 10 minutes. I haven't talked about the book at all. Um, Where was I? This book is written in first person. Our narrator is Aminan Sarafi, a retired pirate captain. She has spent the last 10 years living in relative seclusion and secrecy, raising her daughter and hiding from her enemies. Her enemies don't find her, but what does is arguably worse. The mother of Asif, one of her old crewmates whose death Amina feels responsible for. Asif left behind a daughter, Dunya, who Amina knew nothing about. And now Dunya has been kidnapped by a madman from Europe who spent his time on the Crusades and is now on the hunt for magic artifacts. Guilt is 
one hell of a motivator, as is the absurd amount of money Salima offers for the return of her granddaughter. It also helps that Amina does miss her life at sea and all the people she used to sail with. She leaves her own daughter in her mother's care and sets off to get the old crew back together for one last job. We've all heard that before. Uh, And since this is the first book in a trilogy, I think we can see where this is going. More than one job. One last job is a trap that either leads you to more jobs or kills you. Which, I guess, would count as it being the last job in that case. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. As Amina gathers her old friends, the past starts creeping up on her. Not everyone is pleased about the return of infamous pirate Amina and Sarafi to the waters of the Indian Ocean. Additional complications arise in the form of Amina's most recent husband, whose name I will try to pronounce. It's spelled R-A-K-S-H, and the one pronunciation guide I could find online pronounced it Rockshare, which I'm pretty sure isn't right. Rocksh. I really want to call him Rakash, which is a name from Tamora Pierce. Let's focus. Raksh. Amina's most recent husband. Who Amina <laughs> left for dead ten-ish years ago. Unfortunately, Raksh is not going to let a little thing like being buried alive on a sandbar stop him from returning to Amina's side. We do get little snippets of the past showing like how Amina met her crew or like different jobs they've pulled off in the past. And one of these memories is how Amina ended up marrying Raksh after drinking a little too much. He is um, what Amina calls a demon and what he calls a chaos spirit. He makes deals with people and brings them luck in exchange for, uh, well, something. He says it's not their souls. What would he do with someone's souls? He do- someone's soul. He doesn't want that. The point is, he's a creature of deals and contracts. Ten years after being left for dead, he's going to weasel his way back to Amina because as far as he's con- concerned, they're still bound by their marriage contract, and until it's dissolved, he can't make deals with anyone else. For all that he's like a, a magical chaos spirit and kind of scary, he is also, I don't want to say cowardly, but very invested in his own survival. <laughs> he's a fun character. So Amina and her crew catch the trail of the crazy European who kidnapped Dunya. They find an informant, someone who used to work with Falco, crazy European. Um, But just as the man is telling them about Falco, he dies right in front of them. A brief investigation shows that he choked to death on gold coins. Amina puts two and two together and realizes that Falco is way more dangerous than she thought if he can lay a spell that will kill a man for betraying him even if Falco's nowhere near. Well, this has been fun, thinks Amina, but I'm ready to go home. 
Guilt and amazing reward notwithstanding, Amina is not crazy enough to track down a guy like Falco. Especially not when everything else that they have discovered points to Dunya leaving with Falco of her own volition, not being kidnapped as Amina was first told. Amina returns to Asif's mother, Salima, and says, Here's what I found out. Sorry your grandkid ran away from home, but that's not my problem. Not so fast, says Salima. I was willing to guilt trip you and bribe you, and now I'm going to threaten you. Bring back my grandchild, or I will tell all your enemies where you and your daughter have been hiding. You will have to spend the rest of your life running. Amina is many things. Pirate, saboteur, ship captain, traitor, friend. But above all of these things, she is a mother. So much of this book is Amina missing her daughter or worrying about her or wishing she was there so that she could show her life on the ship, a life that Amina loves. Scared more than ever for her daughter's safety, Amina returns to the chase. They think they know where Falco is looking for his magical artifact. Maybe they can just sneak in and out and the power-mad sorcerer won't notice them. (laughs) It could happen. So Falco has a giant sea beast under his control, has somehow granted his crew superhuman abilities, and is obsessed with finding a magical item that will give him control over the spirits of chaos that fill the world. Amina has her crew a bad knee, her faith, and her grandfather's iron dagger. Not exactly the most even fight, I could imagine. So their first clash with Falco, where obviously they try to sneak in and obviously it fails, it leaves Amina stabbed and thrown off her own ship, presumed dead. Look, her name is on the book. It's going to be a trilogy. Probably she's going to live through at least most of book three. She floats on a little piece of driftwood and finds herself on a strange island, the land of the spirits. She also, helpfully, runs into Raksh, Raksh, her chaos spirit husband, who helps her broker a deal with the spirits. She gets off the island alive, and she'll help them track down dangerous magical artifacts and destroy them, starting with the one Falco's after. Together, she and Raksh return to face Falco and his giant scorpion sea beast in order to save her crew and maybe the world from his clutches. I did have fun with this one. There is a lot more for Chakraborty to flesh out in this world with like the history of Asif's family and the question of what Raksh will do when he finds out about his and Amina's daughter and what it means for Amina to be blessed by the spirits. She starts out the book scaring off a water spirit with an iron knife and ends the book as a magical being herself. Not entirely magic, but not entirely human anymore either. She's been indelibly changed by the venture, and there's more to come. She has four more magical items to hunt down to fulfill her deal with the spirits. I don't know if I'll read the rest of them. We'll see how I feel whenever they're published, which I don't know when that will be. If you want more media like this, definitely 
You should read The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. And I would also suggest Little Thieves by Margaret Owen. Join me next time to hear about Brothers in Arms by Lois McMaster Bejold. We're going back to the Vorkosigan saga. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that is to rate and review it, or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.